Hello, Pastor Lisa Bates Froyland here from Redeemer Lutheran Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Welcome to our fourth season of the Redeemer Lives, Redeemer Lives podcast, a more portable way to take in the weekly preaching and music here at Redeemer. This season, we weather the winter months together. Join us as we prepare for Christmas in December and get to know Jesus through scripture and song in January, February, March, and then head toward a crescendo in April with a retelling of Jesus's death and resurrection. Imagine that, a religion founded on the promise that new life can emerge from death. And lucky us here in Wisconsin, because nature will be showing us this truth at the very same time. And now, here's the sermon. So I don't know about you, but Friday was a really great day. Friday was a great day. And for me, it was not because it was St. Patrick's Day, And it was not even that the Marquette men's basketball team advanced in the championship, or even that it was just a Friday. It was a special day to me because my first stop was at Jeff Gray's Woodshop, which I got to go and see how he does his other work during the week. And he has begun in earnest his project of turning pews, like the one you're sitting on right now, into a table, pews into tables. We have all these extra pews that are below you right now. They used to be up in the balcony. And we decided uh, on the uh, inspiration of Nancy Grothy to turn them into tables that will be used in the new event space. And we are hoping that they become very crowded very quickly with those who want to come and break bread with us. So that was awesome. And then the next step in my calendar was to go to Venture Brewing and meet with the Prince family to talk over Marlowe's baptism today and everything that has led up to that day. Part of that conversation was asking about the meaning of Marlowe's name. And Ashley said, it has something to do with water. It's a water kind of word. Ooh, awesome. So I looked it up myself and I said, it's not just about water. Her name means driftwood. And I thought, ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit, because you've brought together the table, wood, and the water of baptism in this little one, Marlowe, whose name means driftwood. And indeed, she is being carried (laughs) by her parents, who are her servants for now, to the baptismal font this afternoon. So voila, we have both sacraments very much in play today. The table, which is wide, and baptism as well. Communion and baptism are the two sacraments in the Lutheran Church that we acknowledge as that union of God's word and an earthly element in a way that blesses and forgives us. So both sacraments are in play today. And uh, especially given the story from the gospel, we are talking about being invited to a feast. So this is Jesus in the gospel of Matthew. And uh, it's an invitation to a wedding banquet and a quest for crowded tables there too. For some reason, this king really wanted a very full banquet hall for his son. He's looking for RSVPs in the positive. And I am horrible at French, but I do know that the first part of RSVP means respond, right? 
and that P toward the ends has something to do with please. Respond, please, to this invitation. Respond to the invitation, hopefully with a yes. The purpose of this whole teaching story of Jesus is, is like so many others, especially in the Gospel of Matthew, to show you what the kingdom of heaven is like. All right, but there's some troublesome stuff here as well, right? First of all, this word slaves could as easily be interpreted um, with the language as servants. It's doulas in the, in the, um, in the Greek. So these are servants who are uh, carrying out the invitations and being sent out. But then these poor servants, they really did kill the messenger in this case. Uh, remember, they sent him out, and some of them mistreated these people who were just trying to invite them to a party, and um, they were beaten and some killed. And then in response, the king gets murderously angry and kills some people too. So just when you're thinking, my goodness, this is a whole lot of violence for a story about the kingdom of heaven. And then you have to remind yourself, this is not a historical thing that actually happened. It's a teaching story. Point being, God is always trying to get our attention. And so violence usually does that, right? Sex and violence, and there's plenty of both in the Holy Scriptures. So they did kill the messenger. Violence begets violence in the end of it all. And then that last part that troubles me is when it says, just go out in the streets and invite the bad and the good. What does that mean? That means invite people regardless of what you think of them, their habits, their behaviors, their ethnicities or races or genders or whatever. Just invite them. Like the sheep and the goats. The good and the bad will be sorted out later. Or as my favorite person who writes on scripture says, go out and invite an odd assortment of people. Redeemer has always been, since I've been here, an odd assortment of people, and I am thoroughly delighted by that every single time, and we're going to continue to be an odd assortment of people, because that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Like I said, the violence that's in this parable points to a larger and grander truth, that God is always trying to get our attention, always sending invitations, but first needing to get our attention. And so you notice throughout the Holy Scriptures the presence of miracles that happen. Miracles are attention-getters. The message is not in the miracle itself. It's an attention getter. I noticed this especially when I was working with the confirmation students on the book of Acts, and we kept noticing this pattern. Something extraordinary happened, and then they had the attention so that Peter or Paul or Silas or whomever could stand up and tell the story of Jesus. And then people were listening and could respond oftentimes with their whole lives being turned toward following the teachings of Jesus. I realize that I am also trying to get the attention of my confirmation students and to show them in a way how much God loves them and knows how special they are by baking for them every time we have a confirmation class. So after this worship service, 
There's baptism cake for you all, but there's a peach pie waiting back there and homemade ice cream. I am also trying to get their attention. Think about that and your life and the ways that God has shown up trying to get your attention. The other flip side of that, of course, is that God can do everything God wants to get your attention, but you can still ignore it. It's always your choice. You can always go on to other things, be too busy, like those who were first invited to the banquet, have other priorities. That will always be the case. The story of the passion that we'll be into in another couple of weeks here, the death and then the resurrection of Jesus is the greatest attention getter of them all, and it is also the message. I was talking to my daughter Maddie, though, yesterday, and she said, you know, I don't really feel like I need to believe in the reality of the resurrection from the dead in order to want to follow the teachings of Jesus. I don't need that as a quid pro quo, as I think too often it's been presented to us. Believe in Jesus, then you get eternal life. End of story. Go to the baptismal font, and that certificate is your ticket out of hell. That's just too simplistic, and it's too transactional. We are in a faith that is transformational uh, instead, and thanks be to God for that. So the calling of Jesus to this font and the life that happens throughout after what happens here today is calling us all to a life that truly will be better for us. It truly will be better for the others in our lives. It truly may be better for the planet because of the callings of Christ to care with one another, to be gracious and merciful to one another, to forgive, to exercise kindness. Baptism is initiation into this way of life. Lutherans can baptize at any age, including little babies like this one, who will be carried to the font today, and the promises will be spoken on her behalf. Later, when she's a tween, like many of the others in this room today, they will speak for themselves about accepting the promises of God and deciding, yes, you've gotten my attention, and I'm responding with a yes. In the parable... The first set of invitations went to landowners, people of prominence, people maybe who were good friends of the king, and yet they said no, and he was surprised and angered about that. I think similarly, many of us often assume that those who are going to remain walking in faith with us, whatever that looks like, will be our family members, right? Those who we witnessed going to the baptismal font. We assume that they will all be at the table of faith with us. Yet there is this thing called free will, which is in, the, in all of us human beings. And so some will answer the call, some will answer, then in a blaze of light they'll wander off, as the hymn will say in just a moment. They may return. Who knows? The journey is their journey. One of the verses that we're studying today in confirmation class says, be merciful to those who are wavering in their faith. 
You may think that that's a time to really rally and try to shove faith down somebody's throat. But even the scriptures say that that's not the case. Be merciful to those who are wavering in their faith. So what can you do? What should you do? Show and tell your own story of faith. In James, it says to be prepared to account at any time for the hope that you have. This is the best way to witness to your faith. I remember when I was a graduate student that someone said, Lisa, I, am, I can't sleep at night, this person said to me, because I'm so afraid that I'm going to die during the night. How is it that you always seem so calm and secure? And that was the perfect time for me to say, I account for my hope because of my faith in Jesus Christ, that even if I were to die that night, that God has something wonderful, me, wonderful for me beyond this existence, and I trust that. So we tell our own stories. We don't, we're not bashful about the way that faith helps us get through this thing called life. This thing called life, Jeff? We're using some prince metaphors throughout the worship service. We pray for those people. We love them. And then we let God take care of the rest. We have a powerful God who is in charge of these grander and larger things. We do what we can, but we let that powerful God take over. The faith of any person may be compared to a piece of driftwood. A piece of driftwood which starts bark-encrusted and attached to a tree and then one day somehow falls into the water and is carried and begins a new journey of which it has very little control. It ends up being sanded smooth, not by human tools like in Jeff's woodshop, but by the force and the grace of water carrying it along the way. It becomes beautiful and gnarled. The grain shows itself. The shape, who can predict? It is somehow lighter for all that it goes through. Someone comes along and picks up that piece of driftwood and treasures it, maybe learns from it, keeps it perhaps as something to look at and ponder from time to time, to touch, maybe gives it away to someone else, or puts it down and walks away. At Redeemer, we are making tables out of pews and inviting an odd assortment of people to RSVP and crowd around them. In the waters of baptism and in all of our lives, God is making driftwood out of us. Thanks be to God. Amen. The imagery of uh, driftwood is that it uh, ends up going into the tumbling and the river, the water kind of carries you through life. And this song is uh, a Peter Gabriel song that I think hits the metaphors quite well. So it's called The Washing of the Water.
living river, carry me on. River, river, carry me on to the place where I come from. So deep, so wide, will you take me on your back for a ride? If I should fall, would you swallow me deep inside? Show me how to float I feel like I'm sinking down Thought that I could get along But here in this water My feet won't touch the ground I need something to turn myself around. A sermon and a song. Hope you are inspired, fortified, challenged by these podcasts, and also willing to donate to support our ministry here in the heart of Milwaukee. Online, go to www.redeemermilwaukee.org. An old-fashioned paper check means no fees. The entire gift supports the ministry here. Send a check to Redeemer Church, 631 North 19th Street, 
Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53233. Our Fearless and Faithful Capital Campaign invites anyone to help us with financial contributions, big or small, to make our physical home at the corner of 19th Street and Wisconsin Avenue ready and able to worship, for education, and especially for outreach in decades to come. Information on Fearless and Faithful can be found at the website www.redeemermilwaukee.org. Until next time, may our gracious God increase your hope, strengthen your faith, deepen your capacity for love, and grant you peace. Uh-huh.